Welcome to another episode of Breaking Mayberry. We are live in a new studio with a new toy. And this is the show where we talk about old television, specifically the Andy Griffith Show, to figure out why your grandparents' brains are broken. This is the happiest I've ever seen Marty having new audio equipment. Oh, I'm very excited about this. So we've got new studio stuff. We do share this with most of the crew here at Indie Hall in Philadelphia. And I'm going to mention Indie Hall, which is, you know, the co-working space that Dan and I work out of and record out of sometimes. And there are a bunch of other podcasts that come out of this. And as a result, it's going to be one of the venues for the Philadelphia Podcast Festival happening at the end of July. The last two weekends of July, uh, the 19th, 20th, 21st, and the 26th, 27th, 28th. If you're in Philadelphia, you should check out all of the podcasts that are being played here at Indie Hall or at Tattooed Moms. We're among them. We have the brunch slot. Yeah. Saturday the 20th at 11 a.m. We had the hangover slot. We're making it the brunch slot. No. Brunch. Well, yeah. There will be, we talked about it today, they're having pancakes and podcasts here so that's our big news. We're part of the Philadelphia Podcast Festival this year. So please come and hang out with us. Watch us do our thing live if you're in Philadelphia. That is Saturday the 20th at Indie Hall, which is 360 Market Street. Another thing I want to talk about before we launch into today's stuff. So we have a new Patreon subscriber, Chris the Cunning One. I believe that he might be my oldest friend since kindergarten. <laughs> Um, okay, cool. Yeah. Do we really want to shout out our pity Patreon subscribers? Well, I want to talk about what Chris did. If you listen to the last episode that we have, Dan mentioned that that particular episode of The Andy Griffith Show works a lot better as a horror film. And what Chris went ahead and did was run with it, and he created a horror trailer featuring clips oh, of that episode. Fucking rules. I, it... I, I was, like, skeptical until the musical sting at the midway part. It, he The music, he absolutely, it like, oh. perfectly matches the music to the shit on the screen. I'm really glad that you mentioned the music, Dan, because Chris messaged me to let me know that the, like, public domain download music royalty-free thing that he used for that is, in fact, called Manhunter. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> it's Manhunter! It doesn't feel like... I'm. It feels like I'm in the season one of The Leftovers, and there's just a bunch of really weird, unsettling coincidences between various parts of my life that means I'm supposed to, I don't know, I haven't finished The Leftovers, <laughs> be the Antichrist or something? I don't know. Yeah, so thank you to Chris. And if that's on our Twitter page and our Facebook, and uh, I guess I'll put it up on a post on Patreon as well. Uh, please check that out, and I'll put it in the show notes. You have to watch this excellent Excellent clip. Final final thing before we get into it. Uh, somebody that I've owed a thank you to for a while. Uh, over on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Breaking Mayberry, we received a very nice uh, review about a month ago. No, like two months ago from a uh, Facebook user, Stephen Max, recommends Breaking Mayberry, and he writes, An insightful, irreverent, and hilarious take by two witty millennials of one of Baby Boomer's most cherished 60s sitcoms. Steven, thank you very much for the kind words. Uh, I'm sorry that Facebook sucks and forgot to, like, notify me of this. They tell me, like, oh, one person looked at your page, but they don't tell me that somebody actually wrote something real nice, and I just kind of discovered that by accident. So, Steven, thank you very much. If you'd like to be like Steven, uh, Steven to the max, maximum Stevens. Yeah, uh, just optimize your Steven levels. <laughs> if you'd like to crank up your Steven level, you can also do the same thing. If you want to support the show... Leave us a message or leave us a rating and review on the podcatcher of your choice, preferably Apple Podcasts. It helps us get into other people's earbuds. It helps us show up in algorithms, et cetera, et cetera. So a nice rating and review is a great way to boost your favorite Mayberry watchers. Come on. Just just do it. Just come on. Just stop being a dick. You, I know like everybody asks you to do this and you never do. Just do this for us. Listen how sad we are. Just do it. Come Look, on. Here's the truth. I know that we've been doing a lot of announcements and a lot of stuff. Dan and I do not 
want to talk about today's episode. I fucking... Is there any other housekeeping we can do <laughs> so I don't have to talk about this stupid, shitty marathon or whatever the fuck it is? Let's just run through the list of podcasts at Philly Podfest and just... just Tell you about them. This I mean, you, a- I mean, yeah, we probably should do that. Like, you'll hear from our friends, the Ghouls Next Door, who have an excellent podcast about horror. Uh, you'll see the great show John Appetit, which is about Philly restaurants and Philly foods. I didn't mean to actually um, do this. Uh, our friends, Comic Book Junto, are going to show up, and they're going to talk about well, comic books, and I suppose Juntos as well. This was a this was a bit that I was doing, and now I think we're at like what, like twelve minutes, and we've done <laughs> we've done none of our show. This is all unlistenable. You're basically listening to a fucking infomercial. We suck at this. All right, fine. Actually, fuck guys, you. never mind. Don't leave us any reviews. Never mind. All right, fine. Fuck you. All right. <laughs> Today's episode is Season 2, Episode 19, A Medal for Opie. Originally aired February 12th, 1962, written by David Adler. <gasps> he's back! And he sucks! He's worse, if anything! Uh, this is definitely the worst Adler episode, and uh, I think it's his last one. So this is very clearly him phoning it in. Good fucking riddance, you piece of shit. Yeah, you are morally and ethically a gray area for us. Uh, he did one cool thing that I like. Yeah. Like, Frank Tarlov might have been cool. David Adler can eat shit. Frank Tarlov was who he was before he had to change his name because he got run out of the country for refusing to name names. Uh, to the HUAC. To the HUAC. Yeah. Uh, and then he became, uh, he was reborn as David Adler, a misogynist piece of shit. <laughs> Like a phoenix, he rose from the ashes to call women sluts. (laughs) And, of course, it is directed by guy whose favorite song in the whole world is My Sharona by The Knack, Bob Sweeney. Answer his riddles three to attain the secret to immortal life, Bob Sweeney. Should I do another pass at that? Nope, nope, that worked just (laughs) fine. Uh, And here is your uh, one-sentence summary from Wikipedia. Opie must learn the value of good sportsmanship. When he comes in last in a foot race, he was sure he would win. Yep. That, so that's, that, that is what happens in this episode. It is. For sure. You're thinking, oh, there's probably like a twist that makes this an episode of television? No. There might be more to that? No. No, that's no. it. It is a very linear series of events that quite literally could happen in your life. Just <laughs> tomorrow. You could you could go to a schoolyard and just like ask someone what's going on, and they could they could tell you this. They could just tell you the plot of this episode. It's insane that this is on TV ever at any point in time. So let's try to walk our way through this. Uh, okay. Our first our first scene is at the jail, uh, where Barney is going through the mail, and they're seeing if anything interesting happened. And Barney says that he is. Waiting for an answer because he applied for a raise. Yeah. Um, um, applied to who? I guess just the state government? The, the, the I mean, he works for the Mayberry County Sheriff's Department. He would be probably paid out of, like, the Mayberry Municipal, Treasury. yeah, right? But like, they, they make it seem like he's, he's sending it off to, like, the state. The state, yeah. It, it's, you know what it is? It, I mean... Andy clearly controls his his thing, right? Andy clearly controls his salary. I actually really like the what I've decided this is, which is just like Barney's like, who do I ask about a raise? And Andy's like, oh, you you mail it to uh, the state government, and at they'll one make two that... three government lane, yeah, state North Carolina. Uh, you just name it, just write North Carolina on a letter, and just say, send it to them, and they'll get an answer back to you. And then he just like. Really hastily under the desk writes, like, from the government of, of South Carolina. No. Uh, so he's just so he doesn't have to deal with this. And, like, if he said, like, oh, yeah, the mayor said that you can't have a raise, Barney would be like, loading up my gun. Can I go to the mayor's office? About once a year, Barney asks for a raise, and Andy tells him to put his single bullet under his pillow when he goes to sleep. <laughs> and then he comes in and gives him a little bonus coin <laughs> and takes the bullet away. Yeah. 
No, he's just, he's established an elaborate, he, he figured out exactly how far away, was too far away for Barney to drive to shoot up an office building, and he made that the address. So every single time Barney looks at a map and he's like, ah, it's not worth it. Like, he, he just keeps looking longingly at an AK-47 that's sitting in the corner of his bedroom, like, maybe next year. If Barney gets a, like, more fuel-efficient vehicle, someone's going to die. Oh, my God. Yeah. No, he has to, like, just keep moving that office further and further away in the return address. Anyway, so uh, Barney is waiting on to hear about a raise. And you would think that that would just be the plot of the episode, but it's not. Yeah. Uh, well, it does take a very fun little little bit of off-roading into Barney Five's sex life, which is definitely what this episode needed. Right. So Barney's complaining because he took his side piece, Juanita, out for a Chinese... Not, not side piece. Mistress. Yeah, right. The woman he is cheating on his long-term girlfriend with. Sure, sure. Yeah. So he took Juanita out to Chinese restaurant in Mount Pilot because he can't go to a restaurant in Mayberry. Because people will see. Yeah. So he took Juanita out to Mount Pilot, which, by the way, is where Andy Griffith is actually from. That's yeah. a real place. Um so, and where they had a nice Chinese restaurant. And I feel like Chinese food was, a, like, a huge novelty at the time. Uh, if the way they're talking about it, I think Chinese food had just, like, become mainstream popular. Yeah. Because uh, you couldn't, I don't know, I can't imagine you're eating that in, like, the 1930s or whatever. Well, and yes. Remember, this is still technically 1962. Yeah. So, yeah. it probably made landfall in America in, like, the 50s. Right, right. Well, his, yeah, historically, it... Came. A, a better podcast would look this up. Well, no, no. I, I actually know a little bit about this one. Historically, the reason why uh, Chinese businesses tend to be either A, laundromats, or B, restaurants is because of the Chinese Exclusion Act of the late mm -hmm. 1800s, which actually forbid uh, those immigrants who had built a bunch of railroads from taking on any other jobs beyond those. So really, yes. So probably... In the late early 1900s up through about the mid-20th century, there's a lot of Chinese families building restaurants and then Americanizing their own recipes. So, yes, probably right around this time. Yeah. Uh, so Barney tells this story about how he went to a Chinese restaurant with Juanita out in Mo uh, Mount Pilot very far away. Uh they got a big, They got a pretty modest meal. Andy was like, "Well, maybe you shouldn't have spent so much money." And he's like, "I spent like nothing on her. I bought. I got like a family. I basically got the Chinese food equivalent of a happy meal for me and her. And I didn't have enough money afterwards to tip, which was really embarrassing. And then, uh, yeah, fuck you, Barney. Don't be leave a tip. And then don't uh, be Mr. Pink. Come on. He said something along the lines of like, I don't know what he was saying, but it didn't sound like he was singing my praise or some shit like didn't that. Didn't sound like he was calling me sport. Yeah. And so basically, he uh, went on a date. He got the cheapest menu item uh, possible, and then he didn't tip and got called out for it. And which, if you can't tip, don't go to the fucking restaurant. I mean, maybe he could tip if he didn't have to spend that money on gas to drive out to Mount Pilot. Cri well, just don't do any. Don't cheat on your girlfriend. Just stop cheating on your girlfriend. It's just a cascade it's, it's of It's not decisions. economically feasible to cheat on your girlfriend. No, you don't have the money to have a, uh, to have a side piece. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'll, you can call her a side piece, but I can't. Well, I just wanted to establish because I don't want people to be like, oh, maybe Barney is in kind of like an open like relationship type deal. <laughs> like they haven't gone official or anything. Side piece kind of leaves that ambiguous. No, he's cheating on his long-term oh, yeah, girlfriend yeah, who's definitely. waiting for him to put a child in her. Uh, who just said that like two episodes ago. Uh, you have a note here. I don't even remember this, but I know what happened. Your note says Barney shoots his gun off for literally no reason. I can't remember why he did it. Okay, so Barney shoots his gun. Yeah, Barney is just like, he's oh, just Oh, I remember why. Because they're talking about the track meet. Yeah. yeah so this is the plot is uh, the sheriff's department no, is no, no, putting no. on they the track They haven't meet. discussed, the, the track meet hasn't been discussed yet. That's later. Obi, they don't talk about the track meet until Opie comes in. I Cannot tell you. I, I watched this yesterday and this morning. I can't tell you why Barney shoots off his gun now that I'm sitting here with you. I just know that <laughs> he stands up, fires his gun in the air, and then Andy just stares at him. It's, I, I 
think I think he's practicing to shoot his gun off to start the track meet. I think that's his job. Like he's going to be like, oh, at our track meet, I'm going to fire the gun in the air and it's going to start the race. We probably have to edit this all out because us disagreeing about what happens in an Andy Griffith episode is stupid. But scene. what do you think this show is, Dan? We disagree on yeah. this all the time. A bunch of there's the next scene. There's a bunch of boys crowding around a fucking like piece of like cork board just yeah, like what yeah. is that what is that and I'm like, gonna what, what sign the... up for this thing yeah and like... i was like what the fuck is this so i don't remember like knowing what the fuck this episode was about until right, that there so, was a track meet so but whatever so the barney point is, fires point is, his there's gun a, on... there's, a, there's a track meet barney fires his gun for x reason it's he literally just stands up goes blam and then and he just goes barney it's it's just it's his what you talking about, Willis? <laughs> but they don't. They're not, at this point. They're at the point of Willis doesn't even say anything. It's just like Webster walks into the room and is just like, "What you talking about, Willis?" Except it's a loaded gun, and it's making less and less sense every single episode. So yeah, so outside the jail, a bunch of boys are crowding around, saying, "Oh, we're gonna sign up for this thing, or whatever." It's like around the bulletin board, just a feeding frenzy of boys. Like they're just like crawling all over each other to get to this fucking cork board. The next thing that happens is the boys are in line at the jail and they are signing up for things, including Opie. So it's 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 track and field. Yeah, they're saying, "Oh, I'm going to run the hurdles. I'm going to do the fifty yard dash or whatever." And I don't know if there's like any like weight or age divisions or whatever in this, but it's just all the boys are signing up for track. How the fuck are these like stumpy little kids going to do hurdles? Who has no idea? These hurdles are going to be like a foot tall. Yeah, no, these hurdles have to be just like like. Like, like I don't, I don't even know. Just made out of like chopsticks, like just like kind of like resting on the ground. Like these, these are stumpy little turds. They don't have very long <laughs> legs. Their vertical leap has just got to be like slightly above a caterpillar. So it's Opie's turn in line, and the first thing he says is, "Hey Barney, where's your gun?" Yeah. <laughs> uh, and 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 Barney just like looks very uncomfortable. Just like new rule, we can't have a loaded gun in the jail cell. There's just this, the implication of, like, all right, you just fired your gun into the ceiling, and there's, like, a bunch of kids coming, so no. Yeah, yeah Andy takes it and puts it away in his in his drawer. There's a little moment, Andy does a little dad thing where he pretends like he doesn't know which kid Opie is, doesn't know who he is, whatever. It's fucking cute. It's a nice little moment. It's not really a joke. It's just a thing a dad would it's do. A, yeah, it's a, it's a super daddy moment. Um, and Opie says that he's going to run the 50-yard dash, and he's going to get a medal. Andy says... Why are you so sure you're going to get that medal? And Opie's entire logic is, I really want one. Yeah. He, uh, he doesn't seem to think that any of the other kids that signed up also wanted one. So you can see sort of this cascading. It's like an avalanche of, no. It's like a butterfly effect of bad parenting. It's just one bad parenting moment leads to another bad parenting moment, which leads to another bad parenting moment. And then when at the end the kid is being a shithead and... And he's just like, "Oh no! How and, did this happen?" Because they don't. I I, thought, I did nothing, and yet it didn't work. Yeah, when I watched, I I thought like watching it back in the second time that like Andy would be like trying to prevent this from happening. Uh, like eventually, Opie learns a very bad lesson that Andy has to correct. I I thought uh, looking back on, it, I was like, the entire time the bad lesson is happening, Andy's going to be trying to stop it, but he doesn't manage. Andy just like sits back and watches this bad lesson happen, and is and at the end is like, wait, did a bad lesson fucking happen? Ah, shit, I got to get in there and parent, because Opie's like, I'm going to win a medal 100 percent because I want it super bad, and Andy's like, cool, no follow up questions. Yeah, and and Barney's like, yeah, you're gonna win that medal too. You're gonna win the hell out of that medal because I want a medal, and if I can do something, anyone else can do something. Which honestly is a fair fair point. Yeah, but and then he just sort of segues into just a prolonged like twenty minute brag. Y- y- y'all know where this is going, all right? We're what we're, we're leading into is a Barney Fife training montage. God. Montage, 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 montage. Oh yeah, so he talks about all the training he does. Did he says he used to be a great big fella? Uh, it was like, before I fell off, I used to be huge. And and it was like, yeah, when you were a kid, you weighed like 10 more pounds than you do now. Yeah, I can, like, I can see him being a tall child. Yeah. Like, he just he hit puberty really early and then nothing changed. Like, it was just a bunch of kids and then Don Knotts in like slightly too short pants. Uh, and then just everyone slowly turned into adults and left him behind. 
uh, so we get to it. Barney Fife training montage. Training yeah. Montage. So, so, uh, so Opie we, asks if Barney can train him, and said, "Like, can you train me and make me and make it an absolute one hundred percent certainty that I'm going to win this race?" And Barney says, "Yes, one hundred percent. I guarantee your tiny heart beyond a shadow of a doubt. You're gonna fucking win." All right, get the fuck out of here. We're we're doing this tomorrow. And then and as he walks out, Andy's like, "You have like three days. You're gonna make him a, a racing champion in three days." And Barney's like, "Yeah." And then training montage. Yeah. So here, here's the training montage. The next scene is uh, Barney is holding a jump rope. They're standing outside, and he's like, "All right, all right, Opie. Here's what we're gonna do. We start with the jump rope." And I gotta say, like, it's it's a very funny like Rocky and Mick kind of thing, like. Opie's even wearing the, like, little sweater. It's not a hoodie, but he's got, like, the towel wrapped around him. And it's adorable. He, he looks it's like a little tiny adorable. Rocky Balboa. And they do the thing where, like, Opie's going to run alongside while Barney is on a bike behind him, except Barney can't ride a fucking bike, apparently. Yeah, he's he gets, like, immediately winded while trying to keep up with a running child on a bike. Barney suggests, all right, well, we're going to get your cardio up. We're going to get your heart running with some some jump rope. So jump as many times as you can, and maybe it'll be nice if you do one of those little jump rope rhymes. Mm-hmm. And he does a little rhyme as he's jumping and skipping rope, essentially. And a farmer, like, pulls up in a truck alongside him and makes fun of him a little bit. He's, he just watches him. And he says, hey, Barney, why don't you come over to my house and play jacks later? <laughs> Which I thought was, like, a legitimate invitation. I was hoping a little bit that maybe that was, like, th- 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 these thing two- adults do. I was hoping that these two grown men were going to get together and play Jackson Hopscotch, and it would be delightful. Honestly, there was such little shit to do in this town that maybe that maybe. could totally. If you showed me the men in Mayberry just like playing marbles in the back of uh, Floyd's barbershop, I'd be like, "Yeah, that seems appropriate." Like, what it, the fuck else are you going to do? Is that Fish really? Again? Is that really that different than the checkers games that they take so very seriously? Yeah, their only hobbies are checkers and I guess fishing and. Checkers again. They don't even play chess. Uh, so Opie goes to bed, and there's a little dream sequence with a little, like, fade away. Like, I actually really like the dream sequence. Uh, do you want to talk about the – before we – I we can jump back into it if you don't. But do you want to talk about the weird jackassery with Barney's legs? I don't even know what you mean by that. There's a weird, weird thing where they're sitting on the porch, and Barney has – Andy, like, he sits on his back and he, like, sticks his legs out and then he has Andy sit on his legs and tries to, like, kick him off. Oh, yeah. It's really weird. There's, yeah, there's a weird, like, like Greco-Roman wrestling kind of deal uh, between Barney and Andy where, like, Barney wants to use Andy's body weight to, like, stretch out his legs or build his leg strength or whatever. To do, like, a seated leg press with yeah. Andy's body weight. And, of course, he's not able to do it, and it's it's very weird and only, like, less homoerotic than you would think, honestly. It, yeah. No, I, describing it, it sounds like it's going to be homoerotic as hell. It's and it's Barney, like, kicking his feet into Andy's butt, but it's just very uh, – just more uncomfortable. I honestly forgot it happened, and I'm mad at you for reminding me. Yeah, yeah. So, also, Barney refers to himself as greased lightning in this, just sort of out, out of nowhere. Just out of nowhere. Yeah. Just gives himself the nickname. Yeah, just like – by the way, I, he already called himself Barney the Rabbit. He called and himself now he, Barney the Rabbit, yeah. And now he's calling himself Greased Lightning. So he's just like basically coming up with excuses to give himself nicknames. Uh, so Opie has a dream sequence, and I actually do kind of like the dream sequence. Um, it's a little bit clever. Uh, he dreams about, like, uh, the day of the track meet, and Barney fires the pistol in the air, and then they sped him up. They speed yeah. Ron Howard up, so he, like, runs really fast. Uh, and then it's Andy in a scene that kind of looked like it came from a face in the crowd. Yeah. Of him, like, all right, and the winner is Opie Taylor. And I really like the way that Bob Sweeney did this because uh, they are angling the camera up so that Andy looks huge. Which is how like yeah. Which is how Opie sees him. Yeah, right? that's how Opie sees. He's always looking up at his father, uh, and so he picks his and Andy picks Opie up and doesn't have anywhere else to put him uh, to put the metal on because his whole front is covered in metals. So he turns him around and pins the metal to his back. Yeah, he's just like covered in metals. And then Opie wakes up and has to check his pajamas for metals. I guess it's, it's cute. It's, it's, nice. it's, it's I like it's this nice scene. Little. It's a good yeah. scene. It's, I think, the most experimental the show's ever gotten, like, Definitely. showing a warped Definitely. reality within a dream sequence. Yeah. So that part's interesting. You know, 
actual competent filmmaker Bob yeah, Sweeney. My God, like <laughs> yeah, it's again, it's like watching. It's like watching a caveman slowly like learn how to make basic tools, and this were just like, oh, he learned how to sharpen a stick. Hell yeah! Oh, look at this caveman learning spatial reasoning. The day of the race, we go over the rules. Fuck I kind of just want let's just skip this whole thing. Okay, like, no, so because it's it's nothing. Barn they explain the race rules. Barney explains the rules for firing the starting pistol for slightly too long, way too long. He says multiple times that he will fire the pistol. He keeps talking about himself firing the pistol. He's very excited about firing the pistol. Yeah, he talks about shooting the gun. They race. Opie comes in last. Opie just walks off very slowly. And they just kind of, like, watch him walk off into the distance like fucking the Hulk. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he just gets his sad music. Yeah, so... They're like, we're like, why? Who is he hitchhiking to right now? What the fuck? Yeah. So, so that's the clear point is that Opie got his ass kicked. Yeah. He came in dead last. He got smoked because he had the most unwell person in town. Uh, yeah. So back at home, Opie is kind of sulking around, and uh, oh my god, it's okay. It's so the next. It's just this long lecture. It. The next 15 minutes of the episode are just... Parenting! It's just fucking parenting. It's just your dad it's, lecturing you. Okay, so it's just basically, like, you, we. it's a conversation we all fucking had where, like, oh, you didn't get something you wanted, and as a result, you're sad, and your parent comes in, and it's like, you should be... Be a good, be a good loser, and deal with disappointment well, because that'll shape how you are as an adult. Um, and then... Uh, Opie's like, no, I'm going to sulk. And then Andy says, I'm disappointed in you and walks away. Oh, God. It's so glad we can. All right. So, so so Opie's just sad and mopey. He's mopey Opie. Yeah. And uh, the next scene, the next scene is. Nope. Wait, that doesn't even work. Fuck. Necessary. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I thought I was going to help. But if anything, I just kind of made it worse. All right. (laughs) Moving on. So the next scene is uh, at the jail and. Barney and Andy are talking about how Opie took this so badly. Barney doesn't apologize for inflating Andy's child's expectations only to have them meteorically destroyed. Barney never apologizes for anything. What are you talking about? Barney just says, I sure am sorry that Opie is sad for reasons that are really no one's fault if we think about it. But he – this – Andy just kind of sat by as his most mentally ill friend really just like got in the head of his child and was like – like, they're going to declare you God Emperor of America after you run so fast that everyone will go blind from your glorious speed. Look, you're, the bar of what you're expecting to happen, I'm going to raise it through the fucking ceiling. You will never, ever experience disappointment ever in your life. Don't for a second dream of it. And then Andy's just like, all right. Yeah, that sounds, sounds about right. Yeah. Sounds about right. I. I, I, I'm not agreeing with this, but uh, I'm just going to sort of stare off in the distance because, I don't know, I can't be bothered. And then he comes back in, and his son is, like, in a severe depression. And Andy's just like, oh, what are you being, a little turd? Come on! It's like, preemptively warn your child that things don't work out perfectly. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really funny because, like, Andy just kind of, like, took a break from parenting for three days. He was just like, well, I guess you're going to go hang out with your other dad, Barney. <laughs> go ahead. Hang out with your weird, sketchy dad. <laughs> I don't need to do anything for a little while. Yeah, no, like, it's like he's divorced and he just gets to pass him off to, like, the other parent who lets the kids smoke cigarettes. <laughs> okay, so so Barney's idea for teaching Opie a lesson is to let him see what happens when somebody throws a fit because they don't get what they want. Yeah. And remember the raise at the beginning of the episode? So Barney Check says... raise. Yeah. So Barney says, I'm going to pretend like I didn't get that raise mm-hmm. and I'm going to throw a fit and Opie's going to see how silly it is and how bad that looks. Okay, so I'm going to go out and, and I'll, do, I'll come back in like five minutes. So he does. He leaves and then Opie comes in. And Opie comes in and says, I'm sorry, Pa. I don't want you to be disappointed in me. I am a child. Things don't make much sense. This is kind of tidy because it's like, all right, we're going to show Barney's like crazy ass, half assed way to parent your child. And it's just like, he just like talks to his kid and the kid eventually comes around. And yeah, that's, that's, that's it. it yeah. it's, which is a great 
lesson, I suppose. It's it's like, so, it's I the guess, closest thing we've had to a lesson in this entire. The lesson is just like if you're straight with your kid, they'll they, they'll listen. It's not great TV, Dan. No, it's just it's a put it in a fucking book, like fucking yeah. No, if you're just talking put it to in a kids, book that I don't have to buy. None of this has been funny. Not a second of this has been like funny or entertaining. It has all just been like. This is painful. So like that's a, it. Yeah. So everything. It's a fucking picture book. Everything's done. Everything's done. And then Barney comes in and throws his little fit. He's like, oh, I can't believe it. They turned me down. And he like knocks over the, the coat rack and he like kicks a wall or something. Hey, hey Marty, is the fit funny? Does Don not <laughs> do a lot of like funny physical, physical no, comedy? He, does he do like flips or whatever? Does he do like jump off the, jump he, off tables or what? No. Does he break anything? No. Does he? He knocks over a coat rack. I told you what happened. Does does I, I'm sorry. I must have like I must be misremembering this. Does he like say any funny lines about how mad he is? Maybe oh, like he some says colorful- he's so sore he could bust. I'm so sore I could bust. <laughs> Dan, I forgot about that. <laughs> I mean, you're laughing right now. Yeah, I'm sorry, but that's <laughs> not, not for the inten- reason that they think that's that you not intentional. Laugh. They the word the busting for coming was not invented until like the '80s. <laughs> I'm so sore I can bust. That's a, a fun fact. That's also the title of Don Knotts' sex tape. Oh, <laughs> uh, but oh yeah, he he doesn't he doesn't have any like. Good lines. No. Oh, but I told you, Dan, he knocks over a coat rack. Oh, my God. The Yeah, no. How can you not I, be entertained? Here's, here's the is, thing. Here's the thing. Like, Don Knotts is good at this thing. Yeah. Like, he's able to do this, that's, and, and he's been doing it for a long time. They gave him free reign to do this, and this is what he came up with? And it's a TV show. Like, it's a TV show. You could have him, like, punch a hole in the wall, break shit. He, he could, could be jumping books. off a desk. It's a fuck. You, you like, I, I feel like they're like, well, he wouldn't, like, he wouldn't do that because then they'd have to, like, fix the stuff in the thing. Like, uh, fuck it. They're just, props. They're props. It's a TV show. Just have him, like, have him take a file cabinet and throw it through the front, front window because this is the big, like, firework display of your episode that has been Funny as dick or, so or far. Or you could, you could, like, have him try to throw the filing cabinet, but he can't throw it. So he tries to throw something smaller, but he can't throw it. And finally he just throws, like, a wastebasket. Joke. You just wrote a joke. I wrote a joke. You wrote the best joke of this episode. And, like, that's off the top of your fucking head. Like, literally anything. Like, ha- any jokes. And any throw jokes. paper in the air. Uh, slap Andy, whatever you want. It's the world is your oyster, people. Like, th- this would have been Don Knotts' like, opportunity to go, like, full 1940s Daffy Duck. And just, like, start hopping around and just... Ah! Yeah, and instead he's just like, I am mad. I am so mad that I am mad. <laughs> I can't, I should quit. These people would miss me if I quit. You know, like a real thing that a normal person would say when they're pissed off. Not like a thing in a TV show that a character would say when they're pissed off. And that's, Especially been, when that character was trying to exaggerate how pissed off they are. They, he says the exact stuff that a, a person who doesn't have a writer would say when they're mad. That isn't <laughs> written and taped in advance. <sighs> so, and then... Opie says, wow, that was a shock. I'm really shocked. I'm going to leave now. Yeah. He just goes like, hey, you're. You're being weird. I'm going to bail. I don't like that. He's not even like, I've learned a lesson from you. He's just like, man, you suck. And then just leave. <laughs> Peace. And then Barney's just like, I taught him a lesson. I'm a, I'm a great surrogate father to your child. I'm kicking ass over here. And then Andy uh, just says like, hey. Uh, you didn't get the raise, man. Uh, and then Barney throws a real temper tantrum that is basically identical. It's exactly to the, the same thing. One. Yeah. Um, so the epilogue, I think, though, is really the kicker of this because it is despicable. Yeah, Barney. Barney literally tries to take piggy bank money from a child. He tries to rob a boy. <laughs> he tries to rob a very young child. Uh, so uh, Barney is like calling Juanita, and he's like. Hey, so I was thinking, uh, maybe instead of going out this weekend, he's hanging out with this fucking lady every weekend. We could just, like, hang out at your place, have some TV dinners, stay in. 
Oh no, you want to you want to get Chinese food? You're you're after me for that sweet sweet Chinese food dollar. She is very clearly using this rube. I'm pretty sure what's happening is that like Juanita is just having Barney take her out for food every weekend and is not having sex with him. And he just like shuffles back home to Thelma Lou, uh, and then like just doesn't have sex with her because he didn't catch any fish this week, so he can't get around. <laughs> he can't get her. Uh, but yeah, so uh, she's like, he's like, okay, yeah, let me let me see what I can do, and then he hangs up the phone. And meanwhile, Opie has brought in like his piggy bank that's just a cash register. And it's just been, like, putting money into it. I don't know why he went to the jail. Ching, ching, ching. It actually, I don't even know if he's putting money in it. He's just kind of, like, making the, like, ching noise. Just playing with his piggy bank. And Uh, Barney, like, takes it. And he's like, boy, I like Chinese food. You like Chinese food, Opie? I really like Chinese food. And he, like, slowly pulls the piggy bank. He, he, like, pulls it. He's like, wow, that sure is heavy. Uh, So, Opie, I'm I'm going to get Chinese food this week. Uh... This weekend. And then at that point, Andy busts in and sort of does a whole bit. But let's just lay it out. Barney was about to be like, hey, Opie, small child, I really need to borrow some fucking money. <laughs> cash. I need some cash. I need some cash. For reasons that you don't understand yet. Yeah, it was like, like Opie, loan me some money, small child, so that I can take my side piece out to Mount Pilot to get her some mid-priced Chinese food that I then will not tip for and the vague hopes of having sex with a woman that is not my girlfriend. Uh, I've been saying all of this out loud to you, a child. All right, let's go ahead and uh, do some... um, Yeah, Andy comes in and does a bit where he makes it as expensive as possible by inviting everybody. Uh, Andy meter, it sucks shit. (laughs) (laughs) Two. Yeah, two, two on both. Like, yeah, this too, isn't this isn't entertaining. It's not offensive. It's bad bad parenting. Barney does bad parenting to someone else's kid. Fuck it. Yeah, this sucks. All right, let's move the fuck on. Let's move the fuck on. Moving the fuck on to the next episode. That's right. This is a twofer. Uh, welcome to season two, episode twenty-one. Guest of honor, written by Charles Ellison and Jack Stewart. They're back, baby. Uh, Fuck that. They switch their names. Whatever. Uh, February 26, 1962. This originally airs, and it is directed by... Offers you a Cuban cigar that very clearly has a black and mild label on it. Bob Sweeney. <laughs> Guy who owns every single film in Kenny Rogers' The Gambler franchise on Laserdisc somehow. Bob Sweeney. <laughs> All right. Okay. Good. Those so here's, good. here's our uh, one-cent summary from Wikipedia. A pickpocket... A pickpocket—that's a hard one to say. You can do this, man. A pickpocket, yeah. Ironically, woo. A pickpocket is ironically made the random guest of honor in. Said it again. (laughs) Um. So yeah, so this opens up, and there's just a very loud like town hall meeting. There's no mayor because the mayor's dead. The mayor. (laughs) Fuck you. (laughs) Why? I'm just here living my life. You got to bring that up again. And uh, they're talking about how they're going to get outsiders, like people from outside the town, interested in Founders Day. Well, guess what? You're not. Like, Would you... And no one, no one outside of your town gives a shit how your town was founded. Why do you need people to give a shit about your Founders Day? It's just a fucking Founders Day. Like, I... everybody's town is a Founders Day. You just go and you... Play some games and you eat some some food. I don't I don't understand why you want to get outsiders involved anyway. Clearly, Founders Day is for the people in the town. Yeah, that's it's what, a it's a town holiday. What do they need tourism money for Founders Day? Maybe, but like also fucking improve your economy. Like, yeah. Okay. So, uh, so they're having an argument about how they're going to get found people come to Founders Day, and yeah. by they I mean, uh. As usual, Barney, Andy, Floyd, and two dipshits. Just two, two some guys. One of the one of theirs is their names is Art. He's just this very big guy with a very big head, and the other dude is just like some like Orville looking motherfucker with a thin mustache and no chin. According to the ultra reliable Mayberry Wiki, one of the dudes uh, is played by Sherwood Keith as Sam. No, his name is Chinless no, McGee. His, his name is Sam, Dan. Everyone's name is Sam. His, this is the fifth fucking Sam, including a dog. No, I'm going to stop. No more Sams. All Sams now get a new name. This guy's name is Chinless. Okay, Chinless it is. Yeah, so, so chin- Floyd, Art, and Chinless are there with Barney and Andy. They're having a loud argument. 
Uh, Andy, they, they're having the loud argument for like two seconds before Andy is like, here's my plan. We're just going to launch the fuck into the premise of this episode. Thank God. Yeah. Uh, thank Small mercies from Jack Ellis and Charles Stewart where they just were like, here's the plot synopsis. Uh, what we're going to do is we're going to get outsiders to be invested in Mayberry by making an outsider the guest of honor in Mayberry. Is it a good plan? No. Is Am I Andy Griffith? Yes. Are we going to do it? Also, yes. Uh, <laughs> he comes up with what I think is a very bad plan. It's a horrible, <laughs> it's a horrible plan. So uh, everyone's like, yeah, okay. So I, I, this would be at the time when like shows like A Queen for a Day or whatever were really popular where they would take like a housewife or whatever yeah. and they would like – like give her the royal treatment. It was it was kind of like a precursor to to reality shows. Uh-huh. And I see where this is coming from. And so Andy's basically like, well, what if we just did that with like somebody from outside, whatever. And I, he says we're going to get some publicity or whatever, but he never actually does it. And then Floyd asks the very reasonable question, well, who are you going to pick? And Andy comes up with the worst possible answer. You're, we're going to post up on the side of the road and just pull over the first car. So, you know, the first per individual that we severely piss off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, we're going to make them the guest of honor. So, you know, drifters. It's like those videos that you see every once in a while where it's like the cop pulled this person over to give them ice cream. Cops are good. Yeah, which definitely has never resulted in some being like, are you fucking kidding me? Right? I'm late for work. You absolute – I don't want ice cream. I'm lactose intolerant, you dick. Like, thanks for – oh, you, you're, you're rewarding me for being late for work by giving me just violent diarrhea? Thank you, officer. <laughs> thank you. I'm only saying thank you because I can't flip you off because you'll tase me. What are we talking about? <laughs> uh, yeah, so, so this is the plan. Also, during this whole thing, Floyd is doing some real weird shit. I don't know what – Floyd is being so weird this entire episode. I don't – I still don't know what this character's fucking deal is supposed to be. The acting choices this actor is making is that he starts – Andy says a thing and Floyd starts to agree. And he's like – And then he just like – he starts to say something, stutters awkwardly and then does like – uh, a Skeksis from Dark Crystal. Mm. Floyd's entire deal is Groucho Marx, who is constantly having like 25,000 volts of electricity course through him. It feels like Floyd is two different characters that got like fused together a la The Fly and are constantly like battling for control over his body. Like he's a doddering grandpa guy and also like a conniving weirdo guy, and they're just, like, battling for control of the body of Floyd. Dr. Hairgel and Mr. Floyd. (laughs) It mildly works, but I enjoyed it. Uh, Yeah, so stupid fucking acting choices by Floyd actor. Don't you dare look it up on Mayberry. It's Howard McNear. No, I won't know this. Uh, uh, And... Bar- so during this whole thing, whenever Andy says an idea, Barney says, I had the same idea. Whatever, uh, whatever. You know, let's, let's move on to the next scene. Uh, um, yeah, so that's so the idea. The next scene is at the uh, at the jail. They're deputizing Floyd, Art, and Chinless. Yeah. Uh, they're swearing them in for, like, official Founders Day duties or whatever. They do, like, a big uh, – this is a very Three Stooges-ass episode. Like, it is. These three shtick – Forever, and it's it's mildly funny. I'll say it. It's, I disagree because they're like, all right, so these guys are very uh, nervous about being deputies, and they're very awkward as a result of being deputies, and they're at the mercy of Andy and Barney. That's a good comedic premise. What do these guys really have to work with as like comedic props to be awkward uh, with? Well, you know, hats. <laughs> you, <laughs> you know, know how, how people wear hats. You know sometimes. how people wear hats, and sometimes hats are different sizes. They're going to put on the hats, and it's not going to be that one of the hats is, like, comically too big for one of their heads. It just doesn't look great. Yeah, just slightly too large. It's not an ideal fit for Floyd's head. So Andy has them switch hats, and it looks equally okay. None of them look bad. They just don't look as good as they could. Uh, And then he has them switch back. Boom. Fucking... Grand Slam physical comedy crushed it. it. Out of the park. I'm yeah. rolling in ecstasy here. Uh, what's the next thing that they do? Oh, okay. So, so uh, Barney gets to do his 
new developing catchphrase, nip it in the bud. I do not understand how they're going to keep working in this phrase. How are they possibly going to keep up I mean, with excuses I, for him I, to I, say nip it in the bud? I don't know, but basically he keeps screaming that if there's going to be any trouble at Founders Day, they need to nip it in the bud. Yeah. And, uh, like... Uh, you're right. Andy does break. Andy Griffith, the actor, breaks character in this. He's he thinks that Don Knotts yelling this is really funny. He's freaking out. It's just him yelling, "Nip it in the butt." <laughs> was what? What made this funny? Was it like were they like "bud" is kind of like the word "bud"? But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nipping it in the butt. Oh God, we're great writers. Uh, we're, we're trailblazers. Um, so then Art asks if they're going to be armed. Uh, and Barney says, uh, no, you need uh, to be qualified and trained to be able to hold a pistol. You hey, folks, this. what do you think is about to happen? Bam. Uh, shoots. Oh, hang on. Ow! <laughs> we have a soundboard now. Yeah, look out. We're only going to use that button. <laughs> Wait, once. <laughs> we use both of those buttons. God help all of you. Um, yeah, so immediately, like, fires off the gun into the floor. <sighs> right, we're, we're on limited studio time. Let's that, go, let's go. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, he fires off the gun into the floorboards. Uh, and then, at this point, how many fucking gut bullet holes has to be in the floor of this jail? And the ceiling. Uh, from these two episodes, there's one in the whole floor and one in the ceiling. There, there, there has to be an episode coming up where a building inspector just comes into the jail like, what? How did you what shoot? happened here? How did you compromise the structural integrity of an entire building using small bore bullets? None of it looks like it did. It looks like this building is out of like a war torn Eastern European country. <laughs> so fast forward to the next scene, which is like the city limits, where you know, or the county limits, where the next. Where the, somebody is in the next county. And it's uh, Pierce County. Pierce County. And uh, a police officer is kicking a man out of town. He's yeah. escorting a dude out, and he's just like, don't you ever come back to Pierce County. Yeah. I will fuck you. Yeah, I will fucking. Listen, like, I'm giving you this one warning. I'm not sure why. They don't really establish why this guy is getting a pass. Uh, you come back, I'm going to fucking bury you in the bayou that Pierce County probably has. I don't know. It's, I don't know if this part of the South has a has a. Yeah, yeah, the, 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 the well-known bayous of North Carolina. Well-known yeah. bayous. Of, I, I'm a cop. I'm new to this area. I don't really know what we have to bury you in, but I'm going to find a I'm thing. Find I'm going to fucking bury you. Do we have swamps? Do, do we also – are swamps and bayous different? I'm going to bury you in a fucking swamp or a fucking bayou or maybe just a small body of water. I'll weigh you down with a with a thing, probably a cinder block. Uh, maybe I'll just bury you in, like, dirt. That's probably a better – Probably a better move. Um, this threat got away from me. Again, I am new to town. I don't know the geography of our area. I imagine I'm going to fucking kill you if you come back. Um, my name is Derek, by the way. They probably should have had a more experienced cop do this threat. Okay. Okay. Fuck. Um... So anyway, this dude is a pickpocket. Yeah, he's, he's starting to fucking kill a pickpocket. He's like, get the fuck out of town. Guy who steals shit. And, um, and, to, and to be clear, right, this guy had to be a pickpocket because the Andy Griffith show has such a weird concept of time of crime. They were like, we need to have a criminal, but have him be like a fun kind of criminal. Yeah, I like, also... You know, he just kind of steals watches. Just petty thievery is the exact yeah. level of crime. That we're going for. I also love that he's just the gentleman crook, but like the mini me version he's, of him. He's he's the uh, the Walgreens version, the Walgreens brand discount. I, uh. I, I love that every single criminal in the Andy Griffith show is either like, I'm a I'm I'm a hard boiled murderer. I'm grumpy. My jaw is square, and I'm I'm sh- I'm kind of short, and I got a flat top. Or just uh, also, like, thin mustache. Hello! Yeah, he's definitely the latter. I'm a failed clone of John Waters. Yeah, definitely going for the real Vincent Price kind of thing. Yeah, oh, yeah. God, yeah. No, that's what, they're, that's what he's a failed clone of. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so this guy's being run out of town. Uh, on the way out, he stole the chief of police's watch. That's the joke. Yeah. Um, so, down the road, this guy's driving in his car, and... Uh, he gets pulled over by Andy Bar- and Barney, who are yeah. like, 
And he thinks they know who he is. Yeah, but they're like, he's like, do you know why we pulled you over? He's like, ah, oh, crap, you're about to shoot me in the face and bury me in a swamp or bayou. We haven't established <laughs> that there's swamps or bayous in this part of the country yet. Um, um, and he thinks that that's going to go down. But then he realizes, oh, you have no idea who I am. They're yeah. like, come with us. You're going to be the guest of honor. Now, here's the thing. Once again, you have a, a horribly missed opportunity for comedy. Because yeah. the entire half-hour episode – could have just been this guy thinking that they're going to arrest him. Yeah. And they keep trying to give him stuff. And there's like, that's comedy. There's yeah. Like, no, instead. He thinks he, he thinks he's being entrapped. Yeah. Instead, they tell him right up, nope, you're the guest of honor. We're going to give you the key to the city. We're going to give you everything. He he could have he could have basically, uh, he could have gotten on the phone with somebody and been like, this is clearly entrapment. This is too good to be true. They're trying to trick me into robbing them so that they can arrest me. And they'll be like, why is he being so dodgy and weird? That would have been like a nice, a fucking farce. So the next episode, or the next scene is, uh, it's Founder's Day. They're having a parade for him. Moody says, oh, oh yeah, he, he, lies and says his, he lies and says uh, his name is Thomas A. Moody. Yeah, he, he's Thomas Moody, traveling salesman. Uh, and he says, "I'm. What will I do with everything in Mayberry? Well, I'll take it. That's the joke." Yeah. Uh, he shakes everyone's hands. He ha- shakes the hands of Barney and Andy and all the town council. Uh, and he says, "Well, I guess I'm going to go back to my hotel, Jason's hotel, to freshen up before I journey through the bazaar of Mayberry." It's the, whoa. It's the most pointless speech, but like, it's almost kind of realistic because, like, what the. F- Fuck would this guy yeah, have what, to say? What would you have to say? What like if I if you if you were just like traveling through a town and they were like, give a speech about how great our town is, be like, I've never been here before. Uh, uh, the, the swamps and or bayous <laughs> are absolutely lovely here. You, the shade of paint on that building I'm looking at is pretty good. Um, that guy's breath is nice. Um, these are all the reasons I know why this town is good because I've again I've been you, uh, here five you, seconds. I assume you have a post office. Yeah. Uh, I figure if I sent mail to or from here, it would arrive here at a uh, reasonable uh, time. Um, Based off of the sample size that I'm looking at here, it appears that you people aren't ugly. That's cool. Yeah, That's yeah. Cool. Most of you are uh, are passable. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, let's see what else. What else we got going on here? <laughs> So, yeah, so that's kind of the speech he do gives. You, do you guys have a sports team? No? All right, I'm going to go freshen up at my hotel. Yeah, I'm going to leave now, uh, and I'm taking your watches as I go. Yeah. Um, uh, so he shakes everyone's hand, makes a big theatrical thing of, like, going up and down the line, uh, and walks away. And they all, like, try to te- check their times for the next event, and none of them have watches. We Horrible criminal decision that he made because, like, you, it would be one thing they if you know stole, where you are, bro. Like, they all just suddenly lost their watches, and they're just all going to be like, huh. Like, he, you steal one dude's watch, and then you bounce. He's not He's not a good criminal. He's a very bad criminal. It makes sense that he keeps getting kicked out of towns. Yeah, yeah. We've established that nobody in any of these are good at crimes. Yeah. No, um, he's, he's a bad criminal. So, back on the phone... Um, or back on the phone. Back at the jail, Andy's on the phone with some other police officers. Yeah. And he gets some information about our uh, our guest of honor. He is Sheldon Davis. He's a known thief and pickpocket. He's been kicked out of every county on the eastern seaboard except apparently Mayberry County. Yeah. Uh, and then Andy's on the phone and he's like, uh, why am I asking about him? Um, no reason. He's in town Definitely not under invitation. I'm just asking so that I know that I should kick him out, which was definitely my instincts as a cop. Let's be clear here. Everything that is happening is Andy's fault. 100%. 100%. This is because Andy had a stupid, stupid plan and no one questioned him. It's the most Andy is fucked up in all of season two. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and they're Andy and Barney talk about this and they're like, well, we should keep an eye on him. And Barney says, well, let's run him out of town. Well, we can't run him out of town. He's the guest of honor. That title has no authority. It's not diplomatic immunity. You made this title up. You can revoke it at any time. Uh, Well, I I will say, like, my justification for it is they're like, okay, he's the guest of honor. So people are going to ask, where's the guest of honor? And then we'll have to be like, he was a criminal. We had to run him out of town. Yeah, Yeah, we did something stupid. Pick a different guest of honor. It's also, you rule this town with an iron fist. Also, Or just say, like, oh, he got really bad food poisoning. Fucking whatever. Like, 
He's yeah. He got really bad food poisoning before he came into Mayberry, and now he's shitting his brains out. And also, we had to run him out of town. Just don't worry about it. No one actually gives a shit about Founders Day. Can we move on to the hotel scene? Yeah, we can move on to the hotel scene. All right. So Davis is on the phone with Marge, who I assume is his like partner, maybe his fence. And he's talking about, like, I have screwed these people. These people are just going to give me like, shit. I have no idea what's going on. He's like, like, I have found Thief's Paradise. These people are so fucking stupid, and I can take whatever I want. They're such trusting morons. They made me the guest of honor in their town without doing any background check on me whatsoever. So Andy and Barney, who apparently don't have warrants and are actually, like, following the, yeah. the law, are standing outside of his hotel room waiting mm-hmm. for him. Uh, and... Barney does something that's very out of character for Barney. He shows sympathy for criminals. Yeah, he says, like, you know, uh, the reason these guys do this is they're uh, uh, kleptomerinax. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, which is a big joke of he's mispronouncing it. Uh, kleptomerinax, they can't help it. They have a, a, a psychological compulsion. They can't, uh, they can't help it. So you know what they're doing in some prisons? They have a thing called rehabilitation where they just kind of, like, they teach you the error of your ways and they have you do, like, basket weaving and stuff to make you useful in society. And then you come out and you're not going to do any crime anymore. And Andy's like, you can't rehab a criminal. Oh yeah. They're really going to learn to not do crime from the basket weaving. You fucking idiot. It's so weirdly out of character, especially because like most of what Andy does is just give lectures to teach lessons. Yeah. His whole thing is he doesn't enforce crime. He just gives people dumplings and then after they eat the chicken and the dumplings, they're like, you know what? Crime is bad. Yeah, it's so shitty. It's like those. Th- it's like this is the thing that Andy always does, but because Barney came up with it this time because he read something in a book, Andy's like, piss off. You yeah, do stupid. Like, so, su- like suddenly, like Andy's your conservative uncle who's just like, ah, eh, let the criminals fry. It's insane. It's it's out of character, and it honestly feels like they were like, uh, so we need to work in a moral about how prison reform isn't possible. Yeah. Yeah, it feels like they had a mandate. It honestly feels like this is the point of the episode where they're just like, uh, can we do a quick thing about how you can't reform criminals? Uh, yeah, yeah, no, I think we can do that. Let's just write an entire episode around it, flip Andy and Barney's viewpoints in the entirety of the world for one scene, and then you just make an entire episode around how that's stupid. Um, but yeah, whole episode on how you can't rehabilitate criminals. It's just kind of in your fucking blood. Oh, my God. I mean, these are the criminal characters. These they are, dress these are criminal. like criminals. They, 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 you know, those people. Yeah, they're, oh, they're like all criminals are fucking vampires. Yeah. Like, bleh, I am a criminal. I want to, I want to commit b- mail. Fr- just a whole bunch of fucking ripped tailors. Yeah. No, they're all fucking flamboyant. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. They're it's other as shit. So yeah, no, you can't super super coded gay. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, no, that's also a thing. Uh, uh, Davis is definitely coded as a gay man. Yeah. Um, so Andy has to leave for Founders Day related reasons or whatever, because apparently, like... Why is he the one in charge of this? And also, like, a a town holiday is not as important as doing your fucking job as the sheriff. Stay there, you... Whatever. He's going to, like... And Someone's th- going to lose their fucking house because this guy stole all of his all of their shit. They have an excuse for Andy to leave, and Barney kind of says, "Well, maybe I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna talk to this man and I'm gonna see if I can like guilt him and use some psychology on him." I, I can't believe I'm about to say this. Barney's heart is in the right place. Yeah, he's just not trained at any of this and incompetent, doesn't really understand it. But his plan is, I'm just gonna go talk to this man and I'll talk to him about how. Uh, you know, I want to be able to trust people, and I think people are good. Uh, you know, there's no reason for people to be ashamed of you. Yeah, you know, he he said to your mother, it's great to be trusted by the community. Yeah, he's he thinks that he's gonna like be what be Andy. Really, he thinks he's gonna be Andy. It's the best Barney. Like, it is the lowest Barney Fife score that Barney has ever had in the entire it's, show. It's a really nice Barney moment. Yeah. I. This this is the good Barney. This is the good Barney. This is the Barney that Thelma Lou wants to marry. Yeah, this is a good dude who's like, he's an idiot and he's fucking up real bad, but he's a good dude trying to do a good thing. He's just fucking up at it. Great. Good. Wonderful. Love it. The entire the episode the entire time is like, <laughs> this fucking, fucking idiot. idiot. Fuck this guy. Look at this guy trying to talk to a criminal. Uh, and the entire time, like, uh, 
he's being like like ski like the Davis is being like skeevy and just basically being like a subterranean mutant, just like pawing and like being weird. Here's the here's the key points. Uh, Arnie shows off his keys and he says, "Look, I've got the keys to every building in Mayberry. That's because because people trust me." And then he says, "I'm gonna take my watch off." He makes some excuse like his watch is pinching him, and he puts his watch down. And he says, "I'm just gonna leave it here and I'm gonna turn my back." And then he turns around, and uh, Davis is gone, and the yeah. watch is still there. And I feel so bad for Barney at this moment because Barney looks so proud of himself, and he goes, "I got through to him. Yeah, I helped him." It's uh, he, um, of course, took the keys. Yeah. Uh, so. Uh, Barney returns to the jail. People are leaving. For some reason, Andy is teaching him how to sing. He's like, then you go up, and then you go down, and that's the lyrics. Goodbye. I'm this was clearly more. This was clearly more important than catching a criminal. Yeah. For some reason, the sheriff is the singing coach, and even though we qu- know that there is a choir director, and I'm teaching the the choir the lyrics to the song. Like five minutes before they go on, this is a, a gr- this actually is going great. To be fair, like that's how like every small town festival I've ever seen goes. Like, yeah, that seems that seems dead on. Yeah, that's fair. Um, uh, so Barney returns and he's super proud of himself. And uh, Andy, I want to point out this is the first time we've ever seen Andy get really upset. And also his hair is out of place. Yeah, it's he, crazy. It's great, his his hair is like like almost doing like the Superman curl or whatever. But it's his hair is like flopping yeah. out. Uh, Barney is like waving the where the keychain where his keys would be around. And he's like, oh, I rehabilitated him. I just sat him down and I showed him what is what, and he didn't steal my watch. And then Andy, like with like his hair all mussed up, is like, "Where are your keys?" And Barney's like, "What? Your keys, Barney? Where are your keys? I'm not doing a southern accent. This is. I'm pretty sure I'm. I'm like well, your keys, Barney. Your keys, Barney. Where are your keys? It's, you became Christopher Lloyd there. I know. Yeah, it's kind of morphed into that. Gotta get, gotta get your keys to go back to the future, Barney. Uh, yeah. Put a Ralph Cramden in there. I know. Yeah, I, I think I invented a new accent by trying to do that. Um, so but, Andy's legitimately upset, and basically they just go, "Well, fuck," and they just, "Well, looks like we got to go on patrol." And they, you know, tell Floyd. By the way, this entire episode, Floyd and the other dipshits have been just been dipshitting around. Just they've been the fucking like penguins from Madagascar. Just burp, 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 just no, like bumbling around. No, because the penguins around. from Madagascar are funny. Yeah, it's like, true. I mean, they're just kind of like bumbling around, bumping into each other, and they're, just they're like, balloon animals. They're like they're fucking minions. That's, yeah, there yeah, you go. Yeah, yeah, they're just like like bumping into each other and. Yeah, they're just just not saying any lines, just kind of moving around as if they're about to say lines. Um, And so the best part about this is like, okay, we have a crisis. We got to find Davis because he has the keys to every business in town. Uh, Emergency, stakes, big deal. Uh, Next scene, jewelry store. Davis is robbing the jewelry store. They see Davis robbing the jewelry. They like walk outside. They look in the first building, and Davis is just like committing a crime. Like <laughs> he has he has gold watches up just, and down yeah. his arms. Just. He's such a bad criminal. They're like they're they just like looking like oh thank God he's a moron. <laughs> he didn't go like Mayberry's not very big. They could have probably looked out the window of the yeah. jail and saw him in the jail in the jewelry store window. They could have just done a thing where Andy's like, "We gotta find, uh, we gotta find Davis," and then Barney just like leans out and looks over the window. Oh, he's there he is. The, there he is. He's in the jewelry store. Yeah. There are exactly thirty-five seconds of stakes and tension in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Andy's Andy's facial expression so severely oversells the severity of this moment that it's almost funny in its own way because it's like it's like it feels like it's the first time he gets upset so it almost like in the show's context remember like the first time you saw your parents freak out and it was like this huge like watershed moment it feels like that for the show where it's like it's the first time you watch dad andy freak out and lose control of the situation and then it just like two seconds later like nah it's cool the best part of this is that they almost don't catch him. They almost walk past the jewelry yeah. store. They almost walk past, and then they kind of like have to stop and double back. So they, they why do you not start at the jewelry yeah, store? Why don't we just pick the I don't know two places in town where anything valuable is? Oh, so they're like, all right. So here's the places we're going to check. 
Uh, first, I think the yarn store. I think that's the that's the most important place. After that, I'm feeling like the scrap metal yarn. I, I feel like probably hamburgers. I think I would pickpocket some hamburgers. I right would now. definitely if I was a thief. I, I would, would steal go, 40 hamburgers. I would go yarn. Because I'm wimpy from Popeye. Go yarn, scrap metal, hamburgers. Um, is there like a place that just sells like bundles of sticks? What about the town tire fire? I feel like yeah. I feel like some flaming tires would be like All right, so on the we'll, black market. Just. We'll start there. So I think after that lunch, because we got we we got to take a break, and I think after like a good like two hour lunch, I think maybe after that we check the. Um, we'll get to the jewelry store eventually, but I think after that we should do maybe like the car play the car dealership or. I'm trying to think of, like, other, like, valuable shit. <laughs> car dealership. What could possibly be in this fucking town that's worth stealing from? <laughs> car dealership. Maybe the ba- – should we do the bank or the jewelry store uh, 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 last? Oh, uh, you know what? You know what? Uh, maybe the schoolhouse. Maybe the schoolhouse. Yeah, yeah. The chalk is – why are we letting this bit go on? This is not He's going to the- steal a kid. <laughs> what if that was the thing he did? What if instead of, of stealing anything of value, he just immediately <laughs> – Steals a fucking kid. Okay, so stealing a kid is called kidnapping. That's a different crime. I'm like, oh, Barney, we really goofed up now. We got to do an Amber Alert. Fuck. Again. (laughs) We let let this bit go on way too long. Yeah, Um, no, edit out how bad that bit was. Um, uh, So he's doing a robbery. He tries to sneak out the back. Real quick, he goes outside, he tries to, like, light his... He try, he puts a cigarette in his mouth, and he lights it for him, says, oh, what a tangled web we weave. Doesn't totally make sense in the context of this situation. <laughs> uh, uh, they they put him back in the cell. There's yelling. He steals Barney's badge. That's the epilogue. Yeah. Uh, and so there you go, folks. The lesson is you cannot rehabilitate criminals. Yeah, nailed it. Uh, so... Andy Meter. Uh, I actually like this episode, so I'm going to give it, like, an 8. Three. Uh, four. Four. Really? I, this episode actually was, was kind of amusing to me. I kind of liked it. It's fine. Whatever. Uh, Fife-a-meter. Oh, God. The idea that, like, you just... Worst moral in a hot minute. Yeah, definitely. So the, the idea, basically, that we should just laugh at people if they want to, like, rehabilitate. Yeah. That rehabilitation is a laughable idea. Yeah. Seven. Um, Maybe an eight. I think an eight. I think it's the worst. Mo- it's, like, the most coherently terrible moral in a really. Time. Not one that I have to like infer through analyzing a series of events. They have a big fucking billboard that's like, you can't rehabilitate criminals. Uh, just punish them, put them in jail. Uh, yeah, so that's it. I'll, I'll record the other stuff later. Yeah, yeah. Maybe just explain like we had to rush out the studio. Yeah. Okay, folks, yeah, sorry about that somewhat rushed ending there. We were impeding on someone else's studio time. That's kind of the price you pay when you are working in a studio. But, as always, don't forget, you can follow me on the internet. I am at Schneid Remarks. You can follow Dan on the internet. He is on Twitter at the Luds with two Ds. If you want to follow the show, you can follow us at Break Mayberry on Twitter, Facebook.com slash Breaking Mayberry, Patreon.com slash Breaking Mayberry if you want to subscribe to our Patreon and get all sorts of good stuff, stuff including an upcoming project where Dan tortures me by making me watch anime. So you're not going to want to miss that. Other than that, y'all know the deal. The music you listened to earlier was by Max Ludwig. The music you're about to hear is Appalachian Coal Mines by the band Ask Again. Don't forget to check us out if you're in Philadelphia. Come to Indie Hall on Saturday, July 20th for podcasts and pancakes featuring us. And uh, we will see you all down at the fishing hole. <laughs>